I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Bits of Gold, episode 127. Today's episode is all about the roller coaster of a life on your terms. Welcome back to another episode of the Bits of Gold podcast. If you're new here, first off, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Second, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. What do you want to optimize for in your life? Is it money? Is it family? Experiences? Time? This one question about what you want to optimize for is extremely empowering, and it's something that you should ask yourself time and time again. Going after your dreams is incredibly difficult. In the pursuit of your dreams, there are so many highs and plenty of lows. There is no possibility of success without friction along the way. For my guest today, he had it all. Ryan Balby, founder of BarbecueGrills.com, has a fascinating story. He and his dad built a successful business, but after 10 years grinding away, it abruptly closed down, and this unexpectedly changed the course of his life. With three young children at the time, he had two choices, take a conventional route and play it safe, or risk it all and take a chance on himself and his new dream. He chose the latter. He chose the latter and started BarbecueGrills.com, and since they've served over 5,000 customers and have hit over 5 million in sales. They continue to grow and be a dominant player in the space. One of my favorite bits of gold from Ryan is how he redefined his definition of success and how he decided to rebuild his life on his terms, exactly how he wanted, and optimizing for time. And now let's welcome Ryan to the show. Ryan, welcome to the Bits of Gold podcast. Pumped to have you on today. Thank you so much, Dan. I appreciate it. Yeah. I've been following you on LinkedIn for some time now, and I'm really excited to share your story. I think what drew me to you outside of just your business is the way you share the human element behind your business and your story, what it really takes to be an entrepreneur, to go for it, to build your dream. It's funny, actually, a few minutes before we got on here, a friend sent me an article from Wall Street Journal about how LinkedIn has become this platform where people are sharing so many personal things. And the person's take, it was an opinion piece from the Wall Street Journal, was that LinkedIn is a professional network. People are starting to share way too much personal stories and personal experiences. I've sent it right back to him and I'm like, I so strongly disagree with that. What drew me to you is not necessarily the business, which I think is amazing what you're building, but it's the element of what it really takes and the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows. And that's what you share on your LinkedIn. And that's what I'm really excited to dive into today on this episode. I love it so much, man. There are so many key facets that I would love to add to that as well. To each their own, and I'm not going to hold a writer accountable for you know what they say and, and their opinion, but that is the most false piece of narrative that you can possibly draw from LinkedIn. And I think that brands and companies are built based on story, based on human connection and, mm-hmm. and, and human interaction. And without that, you, you have just a product. And in a market where not even on a human level, but in a market where there's 19 other guys that are selling the same exact product that I am well, what differentiates me from them? And that's my story, right? And that's what we've been through and the, and the hurdles and the success and the failure and the setbacks and the, the peaks and the valleys. And so to showcase that, it's only human nature, right? And so it's like, there's a facet of that connection that you draw within your consumers and within your business friends and within your vendors that 
I'm not afraid to sit here and say, look, I'm human and I'm, I'm going to show you the highs and I'm definitely going to show you the lows. And because our life is so magnified to only focus on the good. And that, that seems to be the narrative between marketing and media that's being pushed nowadays. It's the complete opposite. Absolutely. I remember reading like once that like 15% of your traffic, maybe it was a day, a week, a month, right. was coming from, from LinkedIn alone. I posted an article on LinkedIn. It was when we hit, uh, we did $500,000 in sales in a month. And it was our largest sales month ever in the history of our company. And I posted an article about it. And I was just like, this is what we did, right? And I'm like, I'm crying. I'm holding my babies. Like I, my wife's recording. And it's just like, this is life. Like these are the things that people don't often see. And it's like from that video, it, I want to say it got like 3.5 million impressions uh, just alone. It mm. got like 500,000 views. And then on that day, we had our highest ranking day in traffic ever. And 75% of our traffic came from LinkedIn. And it's just like, well, there you go. And to be quite transparent with you, that video that I posted ended up garnering me two other markets and two other businesses that are going to be launched next year that I wouldn't have gotten had I not posted that video. Mm, that's awesome. We'll take that Wall Street Journal. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, I mean, it's just like, it just goes to show you, like put yourself out there and you know, a lot of people and I myself in this way, I'm a very closed off person. I don't like people knowing what I'm up to. I don't like I don't like people knowing my every business and, you know, but it's like, and sometimes you have to showcase that and you have to showcase to the people that are coming up in business and starting their own business. Like they can't just look at success stories and find motivation from that. Like you have to also look at failure and you have to look at setbacks and you have to also understand like, well, when it got hard for this person, what is it that they did to find motivation and find their rhythm to get back to where they needed to be? that's where the human connection comes in. Yeah, absolutely. I would actually push it one step further. I think if you're not using LinkedIn as a way to express yourself, your story, your journey, your thinking process, your mental health, all of that, I think it's a tremendous miss. I think actually, if you're only using it to post the most recent job you accepted, some recent win at work, it's just a tremendous miss in terms of the opportunity to really use the platform. I feel how it's actually meant to be used. It's funny though, because like LinkedIn was created as a corporate tool, right? Like it was created to help individuals that are in business discuss business and to meet other people in their market and branch out and to find other people that are in their networks and within their skill set to draw comparisons and draw insight and to, and to collaborate. Like that's what LinkedIn was created. And it's funny to me because like everything that's created it's not necessarily what it's being created for, but you'll find out what it's being created for as time draws in. And so what happened with LinkedIn is it, it started as a business platform and we slowly see that businesses are huge on human impact and human interaction. And now look what it's become. It's become people talking about mental health issues. It's come about people talking about burnout and success and failure and all of these things. And so the human element of anything always comes into play when longevity kicks in. Absolutely. Can you just tell our audience a little bit about you know who you are, what you do? Yeah. So my name is <laughs> my name is Ryan Balby. Um, I'm the owner of BDQGrills.com. I'm the owner, CEO, founder, whatever you want to call it, of BDQGrills.com. We launched our business in the later portion of 2019. We've been doing this now for going on our third year, I want to say. The last like two and a half, three years have all been a blur. I know you probably feel the same way. I'm a father of four. I've been married to my house, high school sweetheart now for 13, 14 years. 
We live in sunny California and uh, life is good, man. I can't complain. That's awesome. How did you get started? What compelled you to, to jump into the barbecue business? Right. So that's a great question. So my father, he started a construction company and a pool company when I was like two or three years old. And from the get-go of my childhood, I fell in love with the business aspect of it. And it was just always this thing that just drawed me to finding inspiration in what I wanted to do. And I always knew that long term, I, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I always knew that like it was going to be up to me and I was going to create something that was going to push me to that entrepreneurial level. Just watching him over the last 20, 25 years, I've found a lot of motivation from that. And so when I was in high school, when I was a junior in high school, my father, it was 2007, 2008, the economy was basically crashing, right? So he was struggling trying to figure out what he was going to do because obviously people are building pools during a recession. And I remember visiting one year and he said, I'm going to build an e-commerce business. I'm going to build a website. And I'm going to sell product. And I'm just like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, what is e-commerce and what is selling? So you could sell stuff online. He took one of the brands that he was representing at the time and created a website and basically started selling their product. The first month we did like $250,000 in sales. Like it was just mm. like, and this was back when nobody was doing this kind of stuff. And I remember leaving my junior year of, of high school and I was just thinking to myself like this, it's just like kept bugging me. Like he kept talking to me and I just couldn't get out of my head. And so after senior year of high school, you know, I had the decision of going to college and getting a college degree or working for my dad at this new thing that we were building. Ultimately, I decided to further my pursuit and my passion and, and go towards this website and this project that we've been building for the last couple of months, year and a half. And it was single-handedly the best decision of my life. I mean, I support people that go to college. I support their decisions. But going out on my own and really figuring out that aspect was, was huge. And so we ran that business for 10 years. We did roughly $80 million in overall revenue. I garnered tremendous value from meeting manufacturers and you know, owners and VPs and understanding how internal networks work and distribution and all these things. And um, in 2018, in August of 2018, the business closed. Uh, it was the personal decision between him and you know what he wanted to do with his life. You know, the pool business started to pick back up. So he kind of wanted to get back to that. And I just didn't really like where that business was at from a management perspective and just a lot of things that I didn't really agree with. And so back in 2003, 2004, I had worked with a domain broker who offered me the purchase of two domains, which were BBQ Grill and BBQGrills.com. And I was a broke 23-year-old at the time, and I knew I needed these domains. I knew if I didn't buy these domains, it would be the biggest mistake of my life. And I knew I wasn't going to use them for a very long time. And so I refinanced my first house, did a cash-out refi, and bought the domain. My wife thought I was crazy, but I loved every aspect of it. So when the business closed in 2018, I kind of took a year sabbatical, spent some time with the family, you know, just hung out with the kids and just had a great time and slowly learned that a, uh, what do you call it? A, a security account, like a, like, like a fallback account goes really quick. It gets spent really quick when you're not making any money and you're just spending it. So basically I was like, well, I mean, time to get back to it. And I had reached out to all these vendors that I had done business with in the past. And, you know, they opened me with open arms. Some of them did. Some of them didn't. We got them later. So it is what it is. And so we launched bbqgrills.com on my 30th birthday in October of 2019. Or 29th birthday, excuse me, of uh, October in 2019. And ran that for the first four months in the, in the most normal way because COVID hadn't hit. And then COVID hit. And that was just 
nobody knew what to do, right? Like, like nobody knew what was going to happen and, and what it was going to do. And our business just took off at, at that time. I mean, who would have thought that people staying home 24 seven in their backyard, people would sell grills, you know? And so it's kind of that whole aspect just completely changed the trajectory of not only my business, but our entire industry as a whole. And ever since then, it has been an absolute roller coaster. I mean, it's just been hold on and it's, just, but I love it. I love every aspect of it. And it's just, I love everything about my industry. I get to work with the most incredible people and, you know, we partner with some of the most incredible companies and we have some absolutely amazing things in the works over the next two to three years. That's a wild story. I want to just go back to uh, when you were working with your dad and building the first business. It sounds like you got the business to a point of, you said $80 million. Was That, that was collectively over the course of, a, yes. of almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you had a, like a good business, no? We did. It was a very solid business. There was not much wrong with it. It's just that the problem is, is that, you know, when you work for your father, and you both have an incredibly entrepreneurial spirit, and you both are very headstrong in your decisions, it makes it difficult to find progress, right? And so throughout the years, I had worked my way up to basically being the individual that oversaw a majority of, of the business. And, you know, the decision making was often clashed between him and myself. And, you know, I love him to death, but, you know, we just couldn't agree on a lot of things. And so finally, when the opportunity came where he was like, hey, I'm, I'm either going to get rid of this thing or, you know, I'll let you have it and we can discuss that. I just told him I'm not really interested because it's just not really where I want it to be. The other thing, too, is that I'm really big on ownership. So, you know, bbqgrills.com, I own 100% of that. It's not VC owned. I don't have any VC for, you know, loans. I, we don't work through any anybody. It's just us. I mean, I, I started this thing with $600 left in my bank account. And we've taken this thing to almost $10 million in, you know, three years. And that's the way that we do it. We don't advertise. It's all social social media and e-commerce and or not e-commerce, uh, SEO based and organic based content. And that's just how we choose to focus on our business. It's completely different than how everybody else does it. I love it. What was that like to build this business up and you know you dedicate a decade and then all of a sudden it's gone? I remember the walk home. I found out the same time everybody else found out. So I went into an office on Thursday, August 17th, 2018. And I went into that office and I found out the same time that everybody else found out that the business was closing. I can't even express it. I, there was no word. It was a mixture of everything, but I knew I don't know why, but I just knew that something was going to come. Like, I just knew that there was more benefit than there was in feeling upset and, and being just mad at the world. And God, I just dedicated the last 10 years of my life to this thing. And what a waste and this, that, and the other. And I just knew. And I remember talking with one of my incredibly good friends that is one of the vice presidents of one of the biggest companies that we do business with. You know, I remember sitting down with him and I was telling him just how frustrated I was because at the time... I was looking for jobs. Like I was going to become like the e-commerce specialist for Levi's and we were going to be discussing with Skull Candy. And like I was going through all these different companies to try to find a fit. And ultimately, like nothing was working, like nothing was accepting me. And I remember speaking to one of my really good friends and I was just voicing my frustration. I just felt at the lowest point of my life. And he just told me, he said, the reason why you're not getting what you want is because it's not meant for you. He says, you know what you're meant for. And he said, and so the reason why you're ne you're neglecting your focus and, and you know where you need to be. I know where you need to be and it's up to you to get there. He says, so the reason why you're being pushed back on all of these things is because they're not meant for you. You're not meant to go down that route. I'll be honest with you, man. I mean, that shit stuck out to me so, so much. 
And I remember getting off that phone call and I was like, this is it. Like I'm making the commitment and I'm doing this and it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. There's going to be tears. There's going to be regret. There's going to be me staying up, you know, 18, 19 hours a day working this thing for the next six months. There's going to be depression. There's going to be anxiety. There's going to be, I mean, I learned more about myself in the last two years than I've learned about myself in my entire life. And it's been a journey to say yeah, the least. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, yeah. that is a journey. Yeah. I mean, it's like, but it's, it's the most beautiful thing because you look back at it and you think to yourself, had I not gone through that one little moment in time, I wouldn't have experienced any of this. There's some parallel universe out there somewhere that I'm still working in that company and I'm not happy with myself. And that's just how I choose to kind of see things. And, you know, this is the one that I'm living in now and we're going to make the best of it. I want to talk about the sabbatical. So what made you decide to do that? And I guess also gave you the confidence or the comfort where you just said like, this is what I'm going to do, because that's definitely something you don't hear every day. And I feel like as someone who is entrepreneurial, sometimes, you know, entrepreneurs, if they have an exit or if they leave a business or if they have like a break, I feel a lot of people, I think, including myself would be fairly quick to jump into what's next. Like some motions better than no motion, obviously, right? That's not always the case. I think rarely is, but I think it's hard to kind of take a beat, to take a pause and say like, what do I want to do next? I'm just going to use this time to take a breather. I'm very curious how that came about for you and what that period of your life was like. So the sabbatical was actually, it was from one of my friends who's very, very religious and he's very, very spiritual. And he told me, he said, you know, our best ideas are often found when we distance ourselves from, from our daily cycle of life and our problems. He says, those, that's when we find our greatest ideas. So when you're out in the open, when you're you know, hiking on a trail or when you're on a walk or whatever, like those are when you're, at least for me, that's when I find my best ideas. And so the problem was, is that I couldn't continue to do the things that I was doing, trying to find the new version of myself, right? I had to break out of that cycle. And so for me, it was just a matter of, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to just stop. Like, I'm going to take a pause. I'm going to take a breather and I'm going to just relax. And financially, it was not easy. It was very, very difficult. I mean, I got four kids. We got a house. I mean, I got bills. I got like everybody else, you know? And so we just did what we had to do to, in order for us to live the life that we needed to, to live and, and live simple. And we got rid of a bunch of stuff. We sold a bunch of stuff and we completely condensed our lives and allowed that money and that revenue to kind of grow us through the next few months. And I'm glad I did because had it not been for that, I don't, I don't know where I'd be. And the biggest thing is, you know, when we kind of decided that, you know, when I finally decided this is what I wanted to do, it wasn't a like immediate decision, right? Like everyone knows what their gift is. Like everybody knows what it is that they need to go out and do, right? It's up to you to make that decision, right? Now you can either sit on the sidelines and watch everybody else do what they were destined to do, which is there's nothing wrong with that, okay? Or you can get your ass in the game, right? And when you get your ass in the game, there's a chance that you might not win immediately, okay? It's going to take time. You're going to have to fall down. You're going to get scrubbed. You're going to get hit. You're going to do all these things, right? But at the end, you're going to get to where you need to be. And from what I've learned in life over the last 12, 14 years in business and just within myself as well, is that there's no possibility that you're going to find success without finding abrasiveness and like a sense of, you know, hardship. Like, like it doesn't, it's not going to come easy. Like, and if it comes easy, it was never really meant for you to begin with, 
Like you're not going to, you're not going to embrace it. You're not going to respect it. You're not going to enjoy it. It's not going to become something that you truly admire. Like the only things that really, when it takes grit and it takes passion and drive and waking up every single day to force yourself to continue to stay consistent and motivated, that's when you're going to find a true respect for what it is that you're creating. I love that. Just one more thing around the sabbatical. How challenging was it to give up the things, right? Whatever those things were. I mean, I can only imagine, you know, you have all this certainty in this business that you've been building and everything is going financially, right? Everything's going well, right? I can't speak to what that friction might have been like with your dad and all of that. To go from that to then all the uncertainty, all the unknowns, no paycheck coming in, no. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Business that you're building, and then giving up these things that you might have acquired, bought, earned. What was that like for you? Freeing. It was freeing. It was freeing. To me, it was freeing. To me, it was like almost... You look at like successful people or you look at people that have money or you look at, you know, well-off people and it's like, they're often being criticized for the things that they have, right? And so it's like, and you know, it's like always this push and this narrative, like, well, they got nice cars, they got a nice house, they got this, that. And it's like, for me, when we got rid of those things and we got rid of the fluff and, and all the things that were just like kind of clouding our lives. It was just a freeing mentality of knowing that like, I don't need any of this stuff. Like this stuff is not furthering my passion. It's not furthering my drive. It's just shit. That's mm. it. Like that, that's all that it is. Right. And for me, it's like now going through that when you don't have money, right. And, and you don't have an income and, and you're, you're cleaning out your life when you are at the lowest point of your life. It makes it a lot easier when you get to the point where you want to be financially and not to say that I'm where I am financially because to be quite honest with you, I'm, I'm not, but it allows you the ability and the opportunity to understand that even when you have money and you have all the things that you often want, it, you don't need them. 95% of the stuff that we accumulate in this life is, is worthless. What, what is worthful is our time, our energy, and our passions that we put forth into this world. That's what means the most. Absolutely. So let's talk about building your business now. It sounds like what you started building in Barbecue Grills was very much, you pulled a lot from what you learned from the previous business and sort of were, were repeating or uh, recreating that just in a new category. Is that right? So yeah, there was, there was definitely some things that, um, there were some blessings that didn't happen at that past company that have happened for this one that are just tremendous. And the whole focus of bbqgrills.com is to simply become the one place that you're, you're going to buy everything. That's the goal for a backyard patio, for your grill. I mean, anything, when it comes down to it, as we grow and get to these tier two, tier three, tier four visions of what we want to accumulate on a catalog, a catalog level, it's going to become anything for your backyard we're going to have, period. That's just the reality. When it comes to the grill side, that's the side that we know best. That, that's the industry that we're involved in the most, right? And so that's where we draw a massive, massive focus towards. 
And so, you know, for us, it's like there's brands that not a lot of these guys out there have that we have. For instance, we just acquired Weber and we are Weber's only online only retailer, period. There's not another one on the market. You have to have a brick and mortar location. You have to have warehousing. You have to be in tune with distribution. And we're the only online retailer that, that allows them to sell their product. Furthermore than that, we've worked with many other companies as well that we've had to share with them the vision and the, and the passion of what we're trying to create here. And there's so many differences between this company and the past company that I'll say it like this. When you spend 10 years in a business creating a business, you learn a lot of things. The problem is, is that a lot of people in business focus on the things that work. Right. So they focus on, you know, the aspects of conversion. They focus on these. This needs to be done in order to get these customers here. We need to advertise to get customers here and this, that and the other. And they focus on all the positive things that generate an outcome. Right. I look at it differently. So I look at it from a negative standpoint. Like I look at it from, well, what were the things that were hurting that business? Right. Like what were the things that were detrimental to that company in that business? What were the anchors that were holding down that ship with that business, right? And so when we went into bbqgrills.com and I launched this thing, I mean, it was like having the answers to a test. It was like a, having the cheat sheet, how to run a successful business. I mean, it was, it was an aspect of like, you know, I went into this and I'm like, well, I know not to do that. So I'm going to avoid that, right? And it was just like, and then you kind of see it. And then it's just like, oh, okay, that's cool. It adds layers to not having to stress and I mean, there's there's stress, but not having to focus so much on this simplistic ideology that like a business is always one decision away from making a detrimental failure. And knowing those failures, you get to kind of navigate the sea a little bit differently. Is your business mainly, are you mainly dropship or you have, you stock a lot of the inventory for your partners and you're shipping it out? We inventory a lot across the nation, but we do dropship with a few manufacturers. Yes. Got it. I know that like obviously grills are pretty big. Are you doing installation and things like that? Or it's more just you're the one-stop shop for all things grilling and outdoors? Not yet. Coming soon. (laughs) So as you start building the business, what was that big, oh shit moment? Like we're onto something here. Or was it just like because of the previous business, you knew you were you were going to have success once you launched this? When we got Weber. That's when you're like, we're onto something. That's when I knew. So I remember being on vacation with my wife. I was in I was in the foothills of Murphy's with one of my neighbors. We went and visited his family up at his cabin. And I remember walking through their kitchen, introducing myself to the family. It was the first time I ever met their family. And I remember my email went off and it was my representative that I had been discussing with Weber. And the email just said simply, congratulations, bbqgrills.com. You are now allowed to sell all Weber products across the board on your website. And the only thing that came out of my mouth was a shit ton of cuss words and me just pumping my fist up in the air, yelling and screaming. My guy just, I literally had just met this family like, you know, 20 seconds prior. And I just turned to my, my buddy that was my neighbor. And I just told him, I was like, we got it. And he's like, you got Weber. And I was like, we got Weber. And it was, it was at that moment that, I mean, I cried. I was emotional. I mean, I was just like, it was just that moment in your life where like, what I'm doing, we got something here. Like that, mm-hmm. that was just the biggest, brightest moment for us. And since then, it's just been on an upwards trajectory. That's amazing. I can only imagine being a fly on the wall, uh, you know, in, in that moment. <laughs> I remember reading on your LinkedIn, you posted a while back around how in 2019, after you launched, you were crushing it, profitable, no debt. You hit a million dollars in revenue, but you were personally at your lowest low. And I know that in 2020, you went on to write that how in 2020, you really set out a goal that for 2021, 
you are going to get help and figure out like the things you hated doing, the things you really enjoy doing. I'm, I'm sure you remember that post. Oh, yeah, very vividly. Can you speak a little bit to what that was like and then also what changes you made and how that impacted you, your business, and, and overall your life? Yeah, so we launched the business in 2019. 2020 was, I don't even remember it, to be quite honest with you. It was such a blur. You know, when we launched bbqgrills.com, we had $600 when we launched the company. That's all that we had in our, our bank account, 600 bucks. And I knew that if this thing was going to work, it was going to be up to me, right? And so I did everything with the business, everything. I added product, customer service, sales, accounting, bookkeeping. If I didn't know it, I learned it. I would stay up until 3 a.m. in the morning watching YouTube videos about how to reconcile your books and QuickBooks. I did everything, every little detail for the website I did. What ended up happening was is that around August of 2020, I went into a complete and utter mental breakdown. Nobody knew it. Nobody could see it. But it, that was the truth is I mentally was at the lowest point of my life. And I had everything I had always wanted. And I slowly realized that it's incredibly difficult sometimes to go after your dreams. And there's going to be moments where you look at your life and you look at the circumstances that you're in and you're like, you know what, this is it. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm burnt out. I can't keep pushing forward. And I remember calling my dad and it was so funny because I ended up watching a video about this a few, a few months later that he literally said the same exact thing. I remember calling my dad. I said, you know, I'm at the lowest point mentally in my life. I did it. I've accumulated everything that I've wanted. I have it, but I just feel like quitting, you know? And he said, you know, you should quit tomorrow. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? I'm like, why would I quit tomorrow? He's like, just keep telling yourself you're going to quit tomorrow. And sooner than later, you're going to realize there's no sense in quitting. You know, I, I took that and I furthered a lot of things. I furthered my, my understanding of, I'm a very self-aware person, right? And so I look at myself when I'm at my lowest and I have depression and I have anxiety and I don't want to come out of my house and I feel like everybody's out to get me and I, I, I'm, I'm panicking and all these things. And I, and I look at that and I think to myself, why am I acting like this? Like, why am I, am I in this situation? And why am I going through these moments? And I, I took that as like a way to learn about myself. And I went to the doctors and, you know, they wanted to give me prescription medicine. And I just, I didn't want it to numb the entrepreneurial and that motivational spirit that I, I felt that I had. And I didn't want it to take away from that. And, you know, and it's just it, it, a lot of things. And it was a struggle. It really was. And so, like you said, in 2020, at the end of August, I made a decision that in 2021, we were not going to live like this. I was not going to put myself through this. And I was going to get, I wasn't going to find help. I was going to get help. Right. And so in 2021, I went from having no employees to bringing on five people. And there's still struggle, right? Like there's still like, you know, stress and, and all these things. But it's amazing what you can do when you need when you need help. Like it's it's there. You just have to go get it. And for me, that was definitely just one of those things. And so I drew inspiration from that. I mean, my team knows all about these things. That's why I'm so public, like with everything that I say. Like I have, don't have shit to hide from anybody, right? Like this this is just who I am, and this is just who I choose to be. These are the things that I choose to say, and and I want people to know. That when you see success like outside looking in, just know that there's a lot of stuff that went into that. It did not happen overnight. And there was a lot of broken moments of me in my closet crying on my hands and knees, breaking down mentally. And it got me to this point, right? And, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's no sense of 
diminishing and, and none of that. I mean, that those are the things that everyone goes through. They're just nobody just, or I shouldn't say nobody, but just very few people want to showcase that. Was there anything that you changed about your day-to-day beyond hiring some people and bringing people on board to sort of pass off the things that you didn't want to be doing or maybe the things that you weren't necessarily good at? Was there anything you actually changed about your day-to-day around how you were living? So I read a quote during that time that said that you can't be successful if your personal life is in ruins. That changed my perspective on on where I saw success because I always saw success as money, getting what I want, owning a business, all of these things. And I slowly realized that's not success. Like success is time freedom, spending time with your family, being a true, honest individual and contributing more to this world than you put out, right? And so for me, I've made it a goal to always wake up before the sun rises. I try my absolute best to catch every sunrise. That to me, that just lights a spirit in me every morning to just continue to just go out there and just give it my all. Pray. I've garnered a you know a sense of spirituality as well, and, and my belief has furthered me in my relationship with God and has pushed me into levels that I know are not of my own hand. Meditating, trying not to coming up with a philosophy and a slogan that I often use is that you know, if I can't control it, I don't let it control me. And it's just a sense of, you know, a lot of things happen in our day-to-day life. And I tell my son this as well, because my son is, you know, 11 years old, and he's starting to get to that puberty stage, and his emotions are going in and out. You know, he'll get frustrated over the simplest things. And I explained to him, I said, you know, sometimes the problem isn't the problem, it's your reaction to the problem that causes the problem, right? And so I've learned throughout life as well, that if something negative happens throughout my day, if I'm at a high and something negative happens and it shoots me down, well, it's my reaction to that thing that shot me down and got me to that place, right? And so it's the reaction that we cause ourselves and we give ourselves that often dictates how we handle that situation. And so I live under a philosophy and I try my best to, I'm not, I can't say that I'm perfect at it, but you know, it's if I can't control it, then I don't let it control me. I just, you know, water off a duck's back, keep pushing forward, focus on the vision and keep going. Absolutely. There's a lot of bits of gold in what you just brought up, you know, <laughs> around, you know, even money is definitely a funny thing because a lot of people chase money. And I think a lot of people who ultimately end up making money at some point, they have some awakening where they realize this thing that I'm chasing was sort of like, you know, it's awesome because, right, money creates, it gives a lot of freedom, right? It gives a lot of lack of pressure. It lets people, it gives people like breathing space. That's kind of how I view money. It gives you kind of like the ability to be like, I don't need to stress about how I'm going to put food on the table for my next meal or pay my next month's rent. Uh, but, <laughs> so that's, you know. that's, that's funny because I remember a time being on food stamps going to the grocery store. And I knew going through those moments that there was going to be a time when I could go into this place and not have to stress about what I'm buying and not have to experience that. And I remember when this thing first started taking off, that was the biggest blessing for me was to go into a grocery store and just be like, I could just buy out this entire aisle and not even like blink, right? And like, <laughs> that's what made me, it's not the financial aspect of it. It's just the fact that like, even when you're at your lowest, like you still know that like, it's not going to be like this for long, right? Mm-hmm. And I was talking with my son the other day about money and he asked me, he said, are you, are you rich? And I said, no, I said, I'm not rich. I'm wealthy, but I'm not rich. And he says, well, what's, what's the difference between being wealthy and rich? I said, well, from my understanding, rich people work for money, wealthy people work for time, right? Mm. I said, so how I see it is, is that the wealthiest people that I know can distance themselves from everything and they don't have to stress. Rich people can't do that, right? If you're constantly chasing money, there's a reason that you're constantly chasing it because you need that security. 
for me, I've never made a decision based on money. I've never sat down and thought to myself that, you know, I'm doing this because of money. I did not start bbqgrills.com for money. I've given a lot of money away to charitable organizations privately. I don't do any of that stuff publicly. I've helped a tremendous amount of people, and I'm proud of that. To me, money is a means to an end. What's the last number that there is in the numerical order? There is none. There is no last number to a dollar, right? Like it's infinite. So if you're chasing it, you're always going to be chasing it. It's never going to end. And for me, it's just, I choose to chase things that are going to give me time back. I choose to chase things that are going to allow me the opportunity like this weekend of going to Yosemite and spending the entire weekend with my family and not having to pick up my phone once. Those are the things that I chase. And I'm glad that I'm seeing it now in my 30s, but as you grow older, you realize that time is really what we're after because we don't know how much time we have left. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I always say the best currency is time wealth, right? Right. Being able to control how and where you spend your time. That's an awesome realization that, you know, you've come to establish and realize in your 30s. I'm curious, just since you sort of have a very non-orthodox path, right? Like you started this business with, with your dad young. Are there any like wildly held beliefs that you'd say are sort of the norm by our society that you would reject? <laughs> a lot. I mean, a lot. What are some that come to mind? Man, everything. <laughs> everything in this world has been created to rob us of our happiness. Everything. And when you start to look within and stop looking external for your happiness, that's when you'll truly find out who it is that you're meant to be. I'm not a big conspiracy guy, but I mean, I, I dabble in knowledge of a lot of things. And I can just tell you firsthand that this world is not set up to find ourselves. It's not. It's being controlled by people that don't want us to know what we're capable of inside. It wants us to be victimized from a lot of things. And it's sad. And it's, it's a sad reality that we have to live in a world like that. But my only advice is to just always, always look within and focus on your relationship with the creator that you believe in and find a passion and find your gift and further that. But there are a lot of common, a lot of common beliefs that I believe are completely need to be thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we'll have to do a, a part two here. <laughs> yeah. Where do you see BBQ Grills? Like what's coming down the line that you want to share or highlight? Oh man, we got so much stuff. The team keeps coming up with new stuff and just, just so many things. I mean, it, I got a call right after this at around noon today with one of the biggest exterior designing companies in the United States that we're looking at a partnership with, you know, more brands. I mean, it's just, I don't know what's to come, but I'm excited for it. Like there's just like this blissful knowledge of like, I don't know how to express it, but I just, I know that we're on the right path and I'm excited to see what happens. A lot of things in the works. What yeah. is your favorite thing to grill on or with? I feel like recently there's been so many cool brands that have come out right. uh, from like smokers to the pizza ovens, obviously. Do you have a favorite? All those things are cool. <laughs> I get customers that call me all the time and they, you know, I got projects that range anywhere from, you know, $1,000 to $75,000. And the number one question that people always ask me is like, well, what are you grilling on? Like you own the company. You must have like the most elaborate outdoor kitchen with everything that you could possibly imagine. And it's like, dude, I have a Weber kettle grill. Like, <laughs> like I got it for like a father's day gift for like $200. Like it just, and it's just what I love. Like I absolutely love for me, it's just like, it's so nostalgic because that's what I grew up on grilling. And to me, it's just like, that's what I will always fall back on. And I'm a firm believer that if you can learn how to cook over charcoal and wood fire, you can cook over anything. So that's awesome. Well, 
there were tons of bits of gold in this episode. Where can people follow you, connect with you, check out your business? Yeah, for sure. So uh, the website's bdqgrills.com. Uh, my Instagram handle is Ryan Maltby and my LinkedIn is also uh, Ryan Maltby. So if you want to follow me at you know, those two places and then check out the website, feel free to. Awesome. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for coming on the show today. All right, man. I appreciate it, Dan. Thank you so much for having, having me. And yeah, I can't wait for part two. All the links for this episode can be found in the show notes. I challenge you this week to sit down and think about what success means to you. Is it money in the bank? Is it a life on your terms? Is it having the freedom of choice? What does success really mean to you? For most people, it means something unique. Success doesn't have a one-size-fits-all. Ryan got really clear on what he wanted his life to look like, and he took a big risk and rebuilt his life on his terms. If you take some time this week to redefine your definition of success, I want to hear from you. Let me know how it goes. Shoot me a message on Instagram at Goldberg. Finally, if you can, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify as it really helps with growing the show. That's all for today. Thanks for living with purpose today and every day, and I'll see you next time. I love your podcast. This is gold. This is where it's at. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.